Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson. I'm Bob the Canadian. It is, as you can see, a beautiful day here in Ontario, Canada. I'm so happy to be able to meet with you for about an hour. Uh, and I will try to answer as many questions as I possibly can. If you're new here, a couple of things. There is a subscribe button right there. You should click it. Um, but also, if you have a question, please use the form that will be linked in the chat by Todd or Dave. Please don't ask questions in the chat itself. Um, and I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who was here earlier. It was fun to have some small conversations in the chat. Uh, with all of you, it's nice to say hi. So I see a lot of people are flowing in here. I see that we are almost ready to get started. So just to recap, keep the chat in English. Please use the chat for English conversations between each other. Uh, please use the link that Todd and Dave will share to ask questions. Uh, and I will do my best to answer as many of your questions as I possibly can. And so I think we are ready to get started. Give me just one moment here to find the first question. It sometimes takes me just a little bit to find the first question. Uh, the first question is from Valerie. Just one sec here. I clicked the button, but it didn't change. There we go. Valerie from Ukraine says, Hi, Bob. What is the difference between verbs, complete, finish, end? between refer to something and relate to something. Thanks in advance. I have have a nice weekend. So when you complete something, it means that you start it and you got to the end and it is finished. Okay. So I know I'm using the past tense of finish to describe it, but when I am, uh, when 12 o'clock my time comes, I will complete this live stream. I will finish this live stream. The live stream will end. Um, when I start a job, I like to do the job until it is complete. Okay, that means that if my job is to do the dishes, I don't want to stop doing the dishes until all the dishes are done. Then the job is complete. Um, and so the job has come to an end. So I'm kind of mixing these together, Valerie, sorry, but I think you got a few example sentences there. Hopefully that helps you out just a little bit. Um, and then what is the difference between refer to something and relate to something? So when I talk about let's say refer to someone because that's easier. Um, if I talk about my brother, I would say I'm referring to my brother. But if my brother is having a difficult time in life, I can say I really relate to my brother um, because I understand what he is going through. So a little bit of a change or a little bit of a difference between the two. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to answer this one, Mary. Hi, dear teacher. Could you please explain the term ecclesiastical? Thanks. So I actually don't know how to answer that question. That is not a very common word. Uh, ecclesiastical. It's very biblical, uh, the word ecclesiastical, uh, relating to the Christian church or its clergy. So not a common word, quite challenging for me to define for you, but great question. Anyways, thank you very much. Um, next question is from S.L. Lenka. Hi, Bob. Could you explain the difference between pardon and forgive? Let's do that one first. So if I commit a crime and I'm in jail, um, I can be pardoned. So that's a legal thing that can happen where the government says that I can now go home and I don't need to stay in jail. It happens sometimes when people commit a crime and they're or they're accused falsely. Sometimes the government will grant them a pardon. Uh, forgive is just a general term for 
forgiving someone. Sorry to use the word to define the word. Um, but if my brother does something mean to me and then he says that he is sorry, I could say, I forgive you. That means that I'm no longer annoyed or angry with my brother because he did something mean. Uh, and then compunction, <laughs> compunction and scruples. So compunction, let's look that up to make sure I give you the exact correct definition. A feeling of guilt uh, that prevents or follows the doing of something bad. So um, not a common word as well, but I think that if you do something bad and you feel bad about it, if you feel guilty about it, um, then uh, that's that would be compunction. Not a common word. You guys are finding some great words this morning. Uh, and then scruples as well. Uh, I'm making sure I'm looking these up. Scruples is a feeling of doubt or hesitation with regard to making the right choice, okay? Um, So I had no scruples about eavesdropping. That means the person didn't care if they did that. So tricky questions. These are words you probably hear on a lot of television shows about crime and justice. So uh, next question from Samuel. I can't listen clearly. Let me fix this for a sec, uh, Samuel. I can't clearly tell the difference between can and can't when foreigners speak. Are any are there any tips to solve this problem? So I can give you some tips, um, but I I can't be sure they will help you. I was trying to use can and can't in a sentence there. So I can drink this water right now. I should, but I can't drink it because the lid is closed. So I, I, the best I can do is give you some examples. So I, th- I thought I could drink the water. I-, I said, I can drink this water right now, but then because the lid is closed, I can't drink the water. So you just have to listen uh, listen for it. Um, we do often say, you know, I can run every morning. I can't run every evening. I'm over-pronouncing it a bit there, but certainly as much practice as possible, listening to native speakers will help you a lot. Um, just a reminder, as people come in, uh, please ask questions using the form that Todd and Dave link in the chat. Please don't ask questions in the chat. It just kind of fills the chat up. Um, and the chat is really meant more for people to have nice conversations with each other. Um, next question from Tom Bacony. Good morning, teacher Bob. What is good cop, bad cop routine mean? Or what does good cop, bad cop routine mean? Thanks. So, when someone gets arrested and when the police are asking the person about the crime, sometimes one cop brings the person a coffee and they act really nice to them. And then another cop comes in and they're really mean. They're like, you know, you need to tell us this now or you're going to jail for a hundred years. That'd be a long time. But anyways, um, so we have one cop being the good cop and one cop being the bad cop. And the idea would be that when the bad cop leaves, the person is more likely to admit to the crime they committed to the good cop because they feel like the good cop is being nice to them. So that's the difference between good cop and bad cop. Let's see here. Next question is from Mahmood. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Mahmood. My question is, how can I make friends in English when I don't live in an English-speaking country? So... This is challenging. If you are a younger person, a really easy way to do it is to play video games online with other English-speaking people. Um, But to extend that further, 
the best thing you can do is find places online where people are being social and they are speaking English. Um, so video games is the first one that comes to mind for me, but I'm sure there are other places. If you are older, I'm not sure you're going to find a lot of people online that you can be social with. You might have to hire an English tutor. That might be the only way that you can get some interaction uh, between you and other English speakers. Oscar's barking, but there's nobody here. I'm not sure what he's barking about. Sometimes he falls asleep and then he wakes up and he just starts barking. Um, let's go to the next question. Hopefully, Mahmoud, that helped you just a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Gina. Hi, Mr. Bob. Hi, Gina. Could you please explain the word ever and how to use it properly? And is it right to say, have you ever tried it? So the word ever has a lot of different ways. <laughs> you could use the word ever in a lot of different ways. I will talk about the way you are using it. So if I said to someone, um, hey, I had caramel popcorn last night. Have you ever tried it? Basically, what I'm asking them is, in the past, was there a moment when you were able to try this type of popcorn? So in your sentence, when you say, have you ever tried it? You're simply asking someone if they have tried it. Have you ever done it? Have you ever tried it? Have you ever gone to Niagara Falls? Have you ever been in a play as an actor? You're simply asking if someone has done that thing. Again, many, many more uses, Gina, than that, but that is the best um, that is the best example I can give. Brent from American English with this guy in the chat says, I heard Oscar. Yes, Oscar barked, came out of the garage, and then went back in the garage. So uh, he thought someone was here, but no one is. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's get to the next question. Um, next question is from Chico. Chico says, best wishes from Ukraine. Tell me, what is the difference between take it out of the oven and get it out of the oven have someone make and have someone make a fool out of you or have someone yes uh thanks a lot for the lesson so let's go to the first one if i have um bread in the oven and it is done okay if it is finished if it is time to come out i would say um, i need to take it out of the oven i could though say um if i was outside i could say to someone oh i have bread i need to go get it out of the oven so because the man with the airplane is flying by again, because it depends a little bit on location, both will work, okay? If I was in the kitchen and I had bread in the oven, I would most likely say, oh, the timer is beeping. I need to take the bread out of the oven. If I was outside and my watch beeped and I had bread in the oven, I might say to someone, oh, I, need, I have bread in the oven. I need to go get it out of the oven. Um, and if someone makes a fool out of you, they do something to make you look dumb. It's not a very nice thing. Um, but someone could do something like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, they, could, they could put some salt in your water at a restaurant when you are using the bathroom. And then when you come back, you sip it and you're like, oh, this water doesn't taste good. They, that would be a situation where someone made a fool out of you. Um, so they made you look silly or they made you look dumb, we would say in English. Uh, next question from M. Bilal. Uh, M. Bilal says, sir, what does a radiator do? Going to add a little word in there. And also, what does radiate mean? Thanks. So a radiator, there are many ways to heat a home. 
Um, one of the ways to heat a home is to use a radiator. A radiator is a large steel or iron um, thing along the wall, which is filled with hot water. And the hot water heats up the steel or iron, and then that heat radiates out. So because it's hot, you can feel the heat radiating out of the radiator. So um, the second way you could use this word, of course, is in a vehicle. So my van has a radiator. The radiator is filled with coolant and air goes through in order to cool the vehicle off. So it's very similar in design. Uh, it's something that's meant to radiate heat so it can cool off what's inside of it. Um, I see a lot of members in the chat. I love it when I see members talking in the chat. Um, I see people like Norma saying, hello, Bob, and everybody. Hello, Norma. Uh, and I see Rod uh, saying, uh, long time no see to Brett from American English with this guy. That's a little bit of a joke because uh, they just did a video together uh, this past week, and it was really good. It was really fun to watch. Uh, let me see here. Johnny from Brazil has the next question. Hello, teacher Bob. Could you explain the meaning of this expression, get bent out of shape? And if possible, some examples. Thanks in advance. So when I see a lot of garbage along the road, I get angry. I get bent out of shape. Okay. So when you say someone gets bent out of shape, it means that they, oh, sorry, I just kicked the camera. Uh, it means that uh, I kicked the tripod actually. Um, when someone gets bent out of shape, it means they get like angry. Okay. I know for me, I don't like it when people litter. I don't like it when people throw garbage on the ground and it makes me really annoyed. I get bent out of shape. Okay. So that would be the best example that I can give. Um, and then the one Saturday, the live stream didn't work. I got a little bent out of shape because I really like it when technology works properly. Um, and this morning it seems to be working pretty good. Uh, I see Madi. Uh, is here in the chat. Hi, Madi. It's good to see you. Uh, and I see a lot of other people, a lot of other familiar names. It's very cool to see a lot of regulars here every time I do a live stream. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to the next question. Um, whoa, this is a, this is going to be a tough one for me. Pasha from Russia. Hi, Bob. With best regards from Russia. If you know about your potential impunity, what kind of illegal action would you, would you be bank robbery? So if I knew I wouldn't get caught, I wouldn't do anything illegal. I'm serious. I, I just don't, I just wouldn't. So basically what Pasha is asking is if you knew you wouldn't get caught, if you knew you could do something illegal and get away with it, what would you do? Um, the most I would do is I would eat cookies and not and not tell Jen I ate them. I might do that. That's about it. Hey, we have a super chat from Elias Gomez. Hello, Elias. Good to see you again. Uh, he says, hello, Professor Bob. How are you? Hello, everyone. So Elias is a regular here. So nice to see you here, Elias. And thanks again so much for the super chat. I do appreciate that a lot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me find the next question. Um, from Margarita. The next question is, hi, teacher Bob, what is the difference between thanks so much and thanks ever so much? Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. They're just different ways of saying thank you. If I was to say to someone, uh, thank you, that means I'm very thankful. Okay. About this thankful. If I say thanks so much, it means I'm maybe a little more thankful. And if I say 
thanks ever so much. That means I am very, very, very thankful. And it's almost a little bit formal. Like you could say, if you got an award, you could say, I just thanks ever so much to my parents and all of the people in my life who have helped me get to where I am today. Um, so I could say something like, thanks ever so much to all of my subscribers for getting me to over half a million subscribers. Thanks ever so much. Um, let's see, Ruslan. Um, next question. Hi, Ruslan. Good afternoon, Teacher Bob. How to say correctly, in what city do you live or what city do you live in? Have a good day. So the most common way to say it would be, what city do you live in? Or to just say, what city are you from? Or what city do you live in? Did I say that twice? I did. To say in what city do you live is correct, but very formal sounding, not very common, not a common way to say it. There's nothing grammatically wrong with it. It's just not the way an English speaker would say it. We would certainly say, oh, hey, what city do you live in? Oh, you're from France. What city do you live in? That would be the most common way to say it, Ruslan. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question, Renata M. Kobata. Good afternoon, Bob. How do you pronounce lapel? The part of the jacket, suit, or coat. Thank you. Have an awesome day, dear. Thanks, Renata. Um, so you can get a microphone that clips onto your shirt, and it's called a lapel mic. So the way you say lapel is lapel. So lapel mic. I use this style of mic, but I could also use a lapel mic. Thanks, Renata. That's a great question. Uh, next question from Adolfo Luengo. Um, hey, I just want to pause and say uh, hello to the 502 people watching. It's so awesome to see so many people coming out just to uh, experience a little bit of English with a native uh, English speaker and English teacher. Um, if you're new here, though, don't forget there is a red subscribe button there. You should click it. Uh, it will let you know when I put out new videos, which I do every Tuesday. By the way, Last Tuesday's video, I should put this in the chat for a sec. There is a way for me to do that, I think. I think I can go here and I can just say video and then it will pop up. But last week's video was about my farm, my flower farm. I gave a small tour of the flower farm. Uh, Adolfo says, hi, Bob, quick question. Is there any difference between saying suddenly and all of the sudden? Greetings from Chile. Um, so I was out the other day. And all of the sudden, someone yelled my name from across the parking lot. Um, or suddenly, oh, I have a better one for you. I went and I filled up really big jugs with water yesterday. And I put them in my van. And when I turned the corner, all of the sudden, one of the jugs fell over and water started leaking out in the van. So I had water jugs in my van. And as I turned the corner, suddenly one of the jugs fell over and water started to leak out in my van. So... Adolfo, I just used those both the same way. So suddenly a jug fell over or all of the sudden a jug fell over. And by the way, all of the sudden sometimes sounds like this, all of a sudden. So even though it's technically all of the sudden, we sometimes say all of a sudden. Okay. So instead of the, we say ah. So um, all of a sudden Bob stopped talking and drank his water. Sorry, that was a really bad example, but I think it worked for the most part. Thanks, Adolfo, for the question. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, so Vita from Ukraine. Hi, Mr. Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, could you explain the idiom to top the bill? So that might be a British idiom. 
I am not familiar with that idiom. Uh, I'm going to look it up for a second. Top the bill. Um, yeah. So it's not overly familiar to me, but what the internet says is it means that you are going to be in a show and you are one of the first people who's going to perform. Not a very common phrase, might be an older phrase from a movie or from a television show. Um, next question from Madi. Hi, Madi. Hi, teacher. Could you please tell me what's the difference between dread and panic? Um, when you dread something, it means you fear it. Okay. So you could say, my the best example would be let's say you have to go up in front of a crowd and you have to speak in public you might dread that that means for days before you will be afraid and you will be worried and you will be stressed you dread going up front and talking in front of people panic is what you would experience when you are up in front of the people so now you are at the event that you were dreading and you are up front uh, and you're supposed to give a speech, but now you're panicking. Your heart is racing. You can't think quickly and you're just not sure you're going to be able to give your speech. So dread is the fear and stress you feel before an event. Panic is fear and stress that you feel when the event is happening. Many people here are, here's two more sentences, Madi. Some people dread having an English conversation. So that means you know, they're worried and stressed about having an English conversation. And then when they have an English conversation, they panic. So they're talking to someone in English and they panic and they have trouble actually uh, thinking of what they want to talk about. Uh, let's see here. Um, Tota Ram, Bob, I would like to ask the meaning of don many hats. So there's a number of ways to say this phrase. You can say wear many hats. You can say jack of all trades. You can say to don many hats. It simply means to be good at or to do a lot of things. I wear many, many hats. Sorry. Many means a lot. Many means small. So I, I just said, I wear many hats. That would mean that I wear really tiny hats on my head. That is not what I was trying, trying to say. I wear many hats. Um, maybe I should wear a mini hat in the future. Maybe more people would watch the videos if I wore tiny little mini hats. But anyways, I wear many hats. I am a farmer. I am a teacher. I am a teacher on YouTube. So you could say that I wear many, many, many hats. That means that I do a number of different things. Um, sorry, I kept saying mini there. Um, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Henry from Taiwan. Hi, Henry. Hi, teacher Bob. A sentence I saw in Yahoo News about A was hook, line, and sinker bought by B. What does it mean? Thanks a lot. So when you are fishing, you have a fishing rod and you cast your hook and you have the fishing line and there's usually a sinker to make it go in the water. And sometimes the fish swallows the hook, the fishing line, and the sinker. Okay, so that is the literal explanation. But now we use that phrase when somebody does something um, completely like that. So we say, oh, um, I, I told my friend that uh, I was going to take him to a concert and he believed me hook, line, and sinker. Um, or the example you gave was uh, A was hook, line, and sinker bought by B. That means they bought all of them. It's like one company just swallowed 
the other one up. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question is from, I got to keep an eye on the time here. Um, next question is from S. Ilya. What does going to do something mean in English? Could you please explain the phrase with examples? So if I said my friends and I were going to do something, but we ended up staying home, it means we were thinking of seeing a movie or going out to eat, but we didn't do it. So when you say you're going to do something with people, like if I said, oh, I'm going to meet my brother later and we're going to do something this afternoon. Sorry, I was speaking a little quickly there. I'm going to meet my brother later and we're going to do something this afternoon. It means we're going to um, find something to do together, but I don't quite know what it's going to be yet. Um, it could be that we go out to eat. It could be that we go to a movie. It could be that we go do some shopping. But I could say, I'm going to meet my brother and we're just going to sit around all afternoon. That would kind of be the opposite. Um, or I'm going to meet my brother and we're going to do something today. That's the best example I can give. Uh, hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Um, next question is from Moon from Korea. Hi, Moon. Hi, teacher. I have been mimicking an American show called The Middle. That is a funny show, by the way, for two years. And I do not feel improved either in speaking or listening. While I would certainly hope that watching a television show for that long would improve your listening. Um, so hopefully that did improve a little bit. Um, but certainly just mimicking the show, though that's a great thing to do, might not be enough to help you get a lot better at English. What happens when you learn something is you reach what we call plateaus. So when you do a certain kind of practice in English, you will learn a bit, but you will eventually reach a plateau. And then you need to do something more difficult or more challenging to to improve more. So my guess would be that you plateaued. Basically, you got to the point where you aren't learning anything more from that show. So I would say hire an English tutor. That's your next step and see how that goes. Uh, let me see here. Um, CC has the next question. I want to know I think I'm going to rephrase this, CC. I want to know how I could use a story to study English. Well, there's a couple ways to use stories to study English. The most common way is to read stories, and that's usually what everyone thinks of. Another way, though, is to write stories. Um, so not long stories that other people are going to read, but write stories about what you did that day. This morning, I got up at eight o'clock. This morning, I went for a walk. This morning, I had breakfast. This morning, I was grouchy. This morning, I made pancakes. Today, I'm going to do something with my brother. So certainly reading stories is one good way to learn English. There are some YouTubers who teach English through story, where if you watch their YouTube channel, they will tell stories about their life. Um, and certainly writing about your own life story, writing about your story is a great way to practice your English as well. Um, let me get to the next question. Um, the next question is from Wasim Sain. Um, that looks really nice. Yeah, just bring it in front of the camera. So Jen and my daughter have made this because we, yeah, very nice. We sell flowers along at the end of our driveway and they wanted to make something colorful for people to look at uh, so they might stop in and buy flowers. Um, let's see here. 
Um, Wasim says, hi, Bob, sir. Good evening. Please explain to me this sentence having beaten. Thanks so much. So if you're talking about sports, you could say this. You could say, having beaten Arsenal, they are now going to play the next team in the tournament. So having beat them, okay? Having beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. Are there, there's no Los Angeles Dodgers anymore, is there? Did they move? I can't remember. Having having beat the Blue Jays, it is now time for them to play the New York Yankees there. I'm not, not a big sports person, so hopefully I didn't get that uh, too wrong. Sometimes I just get things wrong. Um, that's just the way it goes. Uh, even native English speakers sometimes don't know their sports teams at all. Uh, hey folks, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. So I have switched the chat to members only chat. Members are people who have clicked the join button below. If you have this in your country, there will be a button that says join. If you click join, you will be supporting my channel and the work I do teaching English online. Thank you so much to all of you who are members. One of the perks you get as a member is you get to ask questions directly in the chat uh, when it is members only chat time, which is now. So we'll do this for about 10 minutes. I will still answer questions from everyone else uh, if there are no questions in the chat. Brent is telling me in the chat that there are LA Dodgers still. Sorry, Brent. I don't watch baseball. I used to, as a kid, watch baseball. I used to watch the Toronto Blue Jays with my dad. They were in the American League, so I, I don't know a whole lot. I do know I was in San Diego once though, and I saw the stadium where the Padres play. So that's one thing I do know. Anyways, thanks Brent. Uh, Sam, the Taiwanese says, hi, teacher Bob. Do you have hurricanes or natural disasters in your province? And are there any unforgettable memories or experiences, natural disasters or experiences of natural disasters during your lifetime? So first of all, we do not have hurricanes. We do have small tornadoes, not very big and not very often. And one time when I was younger, I was actually living in a different town and my mom and dad lived on the farm and my mom phoned and said, the big tree just got pushed over by the wind and I don't know where your dad and brother are. So I jumped in my car and I drove as fast as I could to this farm. And my memory is this, the sky was like a dark green and it was just swirling around. Uh, and then when I got here, my dad and brother were actually hiding in the barn. The barn is the building where the animals were um, and everything was okay, but a large tree had fallen over. So that is my only memory of a natural disaster. But in my part of Canada, we do not have earthquakes. We do not have hurricanes. Um, we do have uh, tornadoes once in a while, but not very big. Nat Indy, Bob, what is the name of this bug on the background audio? What's the name of this bug on the background audio? I'm not sure what you mean, Nate Indy. Um, is there, maybe I should check here to make sure the audio is working. Maybe there was a bug on the microphone. Maybe that's what you mean. I'm not sure. Maybe there was a bug there. There could be. There are lots of bugs out here, Nate Indy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rod says, Mr. Bob, what's the meaning of rant and rave? So rant and rave, R-A-V-E. When you really like something, Rod, you rant and rave about it. So if you go to a movie and you love it you and you talk about it, you're like, you tell your wife about it and you tell your friend about it and you are just super excited about the movie, we'd say, oh man, 
Rodrigo just won't stop ranting and raving about that movie. Or you'll say, oh, Rod's just ranting and raving about this movie. We should go see it. So it basically means that you like it. Um, Brent says baseball has become boring, I think. Maybe. I don't want to say it. We might have baseball fans here. Uh, Madi says, Bob, please admit to us something illegal you did in the past and no one has known. (laughs) No comment, Madi. So I will talk about that phrase, though. Um, In English, when we say no comment, it means we don't want to answer the question. Um, So it's often you will hear people when a reporter is asking them a question. So if they say, Mr. President... Did you know about this activity? And then the president might say no comment. So, Madi, I'm going to use it to st- here as well. Madi's question was, Bob, please admit something illegal you did in the past. No comment. Let's go to the next question. Elias says, Bob, it's always a pleasure to watch your lives. Could you explain the phrase to me? We got too wrapped up in what we were talking about. So, let's say I'm talking to my brother. And my brother and I, just so you know, we love talking about computers. Um, But sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we're talking about, we forget what time it is. So when you get wrapped up in something, or when you get wrapped up talking about something, it means it's so interesting, you forget to look at your watch. So sometimes my brother and I talk, and uh, I get so wrapped up in the conversation, I forget what time it is. So uh, let's see here. Um, Oh, yes, Elias, you can also wrap up the presents for sure. Yeah. And then I can also wrap up this live stream when I'm done, which means to end the live stream. So a couple of different ways to use wrap up. I should do that phrase uh, in my next short English channel video. Maybe I will do that. I'll I'll try to remember it. Um, Julia says, Madi wants to know teacher Bob's secrets. Yeah, sounds like it. Brent said, I have had a house destroyed by an F5 tornado. We had renters and thankfully no one was seriously hurt. So Brent lives somewhere uh, in the United States where there obviously are tornadoes. Very, very scary. Christopher, what is the most, what is the most kind of flowers you have ever planted and get out of order in your flower shop? So let me rephrase that for you, Christopher. What is the, what is the most of one kind of flower you have ever planted and, and have been, let's see, and they have been out of stock in your flower shop. So when something's out of stock, you have no more of it. Um, We grow, the flower we grow the most is probably tied between zinnias and lisianthus. So if you don't know what either of those are, uh, you should go and watch my video. I'm going to put a link to that. Um, You should go and watch my video from this past week and you will see what lisianthus and uh, zinnias are. Um, let's see here. Carlos Mora, thanks so much for your time. I'd like a greeting for my children. Dana and Daniel Mora. Hi, Dana and Daniel Mora. Sorry if I said your names wrong, um, but you're, uh, yes, it is no problem to say hi to people. So big shout out to both of you. I hope you're having a good day. Um, Samuel Chen, I think Nate Indy was referring to the cicadia. I just looked up the word. Yes, so we have, you can just hear it a little bit. Um, Cicadas, yes, definitely. And they make like the sound. And that's probably what you were hearing, Nate Indy. Thanks, uh, Samuel, for uh, clearing that up. Um, Don't have any problem with audio, says Nate Indy. But we heard a sound of some little animal like a whistle. So there are a number of different sounds out here right now. There is like a cricket over there. I think they are called cicadas over there. 
The problem is my mic, my mic will turn off. You can kind of hear them just a little bit. Uh, thanks, Nate Indy, though, for saying there was no problem with the audio. Mahdi says, just kidding. Nate Indy says, thanks to Samuel. Awesome. Elias Gomez, Bob, are you the fall guy at your work? A fall guy is the person who takes the blame when something goes wrong, okay? So if you are the fall guy, um, it means that, let's say you have a big project and something goes wrong and the manager says, it was Bob's fault. You would say that I am the fall guy. The other word for it is scapegoat. Um, and just so you know, fall guy also is a term used to refer to um, a stuntman. Okay, so a stuntman in a movie, someone who does the stunts could be called a fall guy. Um, let's see here. Um, Carlos says, thanks so much. And Carlos also says, what kind of crops do you have on your farm? We have soybeans right now and hay. Um, I should show all of you the soybean field at some point in the future again, uh, because it's quite green and growing really, really well. Uh, Brent was like, was saying, I was wondering about those noises too. We call them heat seekers here in Maine. Oh, I've never heard that before. Very cool. Um, I'm going to go to a question from the form now, Angel Sanchez. Hi, Angel. It was good to say hi to you before the chat as well. Hello, teacher Bob. What's the difference between prior and before and when to use each one? Thank you so much for your answer. Regards from Mexico. So prior to getting my teeth cleaned, um, I usually brush my teeth uh, really well. So prior to going to the dentist, I usually brush my teeth really well. Before going to the dentist, I usually brush my teeth really well. They can in that situation be used interchangeably. The word prior is probably used less than before. You know, Prior to sending your kids to school, you need to make sure they aren't sick. Before sending your kids to school, you need to make sure they aren't sick. So that is the difference. Um, Elias says, today's last question, could you give us an example using the words foreseeable future? So I'm not going to quit making YouTube videos in the foreseeable future. Basically, all that means is for the time being, there's another great phrase, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, I don't see... Um, us, uh, let's see here. I don't see the cafeteria at school opening in the foreseeable future. So basically we are going back to school. Everyone needs to be socially distanced, but the places where people meet together at a school, I don't see those being open in the foreseeable future. Basically just means in the next month or two or three. Great question, Elias. Um, let's, let me make sure I answered this one fully. Thanks Angel for the question. Um, next question from Shala. Hi, teacher. Could you please tell me what does impression mean and what does dedicated mean? Thank you so much. So impression has a few meanings. The one I'll talk about is what's called a first impression. So when you meet someone for the first time, they have a first impression of you. That's basically whether they think you're nice or whether they think you look good or whether they think you're funny. Usually within a few minutes, you get your first impression of someone. So basically the first time you watched one of my videos, within 30 seconds to a minute, you got your first impression of me. Basically, hopefully you thought this guy seems nice and he seems like he's doing a good job teaching English. That might've been your first impression. Um, there's other meanings for impression. Um, but I'll let you look those up. Uh, and when you are dedicated, it means that you always do what you're supposed to do. I am very, a very dedicated person. Um, I like to be on time for work. I like to make YouTube videos that come out at the same time every day. I'm very dedicated. 
I don't often take time off um, at the cost of making videos. Uh, Elias Gomez says, thank you very much, Professor Bob, for the examples. Absolutely no problem, Elias. Thank you for asking them. Uh, Rod VIP in the chat says, I think your farm is a beautiful place. However, I suffer from hay fever and I think I might get some extra annoying sneezes in some areas. Yes. So throughout the year, Rodrigo, this place for me as well, um, in the early spring, I have allergies or what we call hay fever, exactly the same thing. Um, and I actually take a special medicine. Is that the sound? Sorry, my mic does cut off, but I think that's the sound you're all hearing. Yes, very loud. Um, they don't do it at night, so it's okay. Um, but yes, if you have hay fever, um, certain pollens go in the air, and then you will uh, certainly have trouble uh, breathing. Norma uh, says, hello, Bob. Can you explain the meaning of rough? Can it be applied to a person? Thanks. So, um, yes. So, um, let's see here. So, something can be smooth. That means it's just really nice and it, your hand slides nicely. But if it's rough, it's, you know, it's bumpy and it doesn't slide really well. You can also describe a person as being rough. You know, oh, Uncle Joe, he's, he's kind of a rough guy. That means he, he might do bad things. He might swear. He might wear dirty clothes. Like when someone's rough, they're just like a... They're not refined. So the opposite of a rough person would be a refined person. A refined person would wear nice clothes. They would iron their clothes and they would keep their hair cut nice. Um, I'm starting to look a little rough, actually. I need to, uh, need, I need a haircut. I'm starting to look a little rough. You could also say rough around the edges. That's another phrase. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from uh, Uliam, the Brazilian. Hello, Bob. Greetings from Brazil. I was wondering what type of tree are you under? I'm under what's called a silver maple. So this is a silver maple tree. Uh, I'll give you just a good look at it. This is a tree that Jen and I actually planted when my parents still lived here, I think, or when we first moved here. I can't remember. I'll have to ask her. So uh, you can see that it's actually quite large now. There's the trunk. Um, and it's quite a big tree. It's not as uh, it's not as shady as it was because I think we have gotten uh, not very much rain, um, and so the tree. I think some of the leaves aren't as big as they could be, so not as shady as it could be. Um, yeah, we have drones of cicadas in my town during summer too. That's from Rod. Excellent. Let me back up a bit. Um, that's the sound. Yes. Good sound. Ha, it's natural. And then Christopher says, I think you, teacher Brent, are dedicated regarding live streams on Friday and Saturday. Yes. Um, I think being dedicated is just good, a good thing to do on YouTube. Um, it's not nice when you make some things or do some live streams and then you don't do it and then you do it again. It's good to be dedicated. Um, Samuel Chen, your mic is definitely working very well. I was impressed by your well-thought videos and I'm very happy to make my tiny contribution to show my support. Well, thank you very much, Samuel Chen. Uh, Lolly Lolly, you are a refined person, Bob. Merci beaucoup, Lolly. <laughs> uh, what a big tree. It's a great tree from Julia and Madi. Uh, Madi says tree, correcting himself. Excellent. Uh, and then Carolyn, oh, and then that tree is beautiful. Also a beautiful story. Yes, thank you, Brent. Uh, Carolyn Salida Chavez Chavez, welcome to live stream fun. So thank you for becoming a member. That is awesome of you. Just give me one moment here, everybody. I'm just going to take a moment 
to go back to normal chat. So we are now in normal chat mode for everybody uh, and we'll go for just a little bit longer and I will keep answering questions. Great question, Yulium, though. The, uh, Yulium about the tree. It was fun to show you a bit. Um, this is a great question. John from Vietnam. Hi, Mr. Bob. Have a nice weekend. My question is, what is the difference between fight and argue? Thanks so much in advance. So let's talk about argue first. Argue is when two people disagree with each other verbally. So when they're talking to each other, they say things like, um, cookies are the best. And no, potato chips are the best. No, cookies are the best. You're dumb. Potato chips are the best. Don't say you're dumb to anyone in English. That would be an argument. You can also, though, call that a fight. But now a fight has two different meanings. If I say to someone, um, Jen and I got into a fight last week, what I'm actually saying is that we got into an argument, okay? If I say, ah, oh, my brother and I were talking and we got into a fight, it usually the sense of that would be that we were arguing with each other because fight also means that you're hitting somebody. Is this the third time this week I'm pretending to be a boxer? For some of you that watch all my videos, I think this is the third time. Should I become a boxer? Let me do this. Anyways, so fight can have two meanings and you need to be careful when you're listening to someone. If I say, ah, my boss and I got into a fight at work, it means we argued, okay? There's probably no way my boss and I actually were hitting each other because then that would just be illegal. So you just need to listen and try to understand which of the two someone is using. Um, let's see here. That was a great question, by the way, John. Excellent question. Um, it's a very common question from English learners because they'll hear someone say, oh, I got in a fight with my wife. And they're like, what? That You shouldn't be hitting each other. And it's like, no, no, no. They were arguing. So uh, let me see here. Um, Oscar from Columbia. Hi there. How's it going? Good, Oscar. I'd like to know the difference between get over and overcome. So let's say... Um, I really had trouble writing in French. I could speak French. I could understand French. I could read in French, but I really had trouble writing in French. I had a difficulty. I would need to overcome that difficulty. Okay. I would need to overcome it. I would need to find a way to be able to write really good in French. To get over something though, means that something has happened that affected you emotionally and you need some time before you feel better again. So you, you would say, you know, I would say something like this. If a friend of yours passed away, if a friend of yours died, you would need several months and years to get over it. Okay. You would, you would probably think about that person a lot. If it was uh, someone who was near and dear to you, someone who you really loved, uh, it would take a long time to get over it. Um, the same can happen when people lose a pet. Sometimes it's really hard to get over it because you miss the pet. So slightly different meanings, but great question. Let's see here. Rod. Hey, Rod. So Rodrigo says, Mr. Bob, I just want to thank you for the six weeks of lessons. That giveaway was amazing. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You are very welcome, Rod. Uh, and it was really fun talking to you. By the way, what Rod is referring to is uh, in June... 
I made a video saying, uh, win free conversation lessons with Bob, the Canadian for six weeks during the summer. And, uh, three different people were chosen. Uh, Rashka got third place, Rashka from India. And I talked to her for the last six weeks. Um, and Natalia from Russia, from Moscow got second place. And I was able to talk to Natalia every week, by the way, I just want to say Rodrigo, Natalia and Rashka, every single one of them was a very dedicated learner. They were never late. They were always on time. And we met for six weeks straight with zero connection problems and zero problems meeting each other. So that was awesome. Anyways, Rodrigo won first place. So Rodrigo and I actually talked for 30 minutes every Friday for the last six weeks. Um, and because Rodrigo is a fellow English teacher, I told him yesterday, Hey, we're on the same team. We're all, we're both English teachers. Um, I'm going to actually keep talking to Rodrigo once a month or so, uh, starting in the fall, because I think it would be really fun to just get an update from him to see how things are going. One last thing, uh, American English with this guy, Brent and Rodrigo did a video. It came out yesterday on Brent's channel. You should go check it out. Um, uh, Brent, if you're still here, why don't you find the link to that video and put it in the chat right now? I think people might appreciate that. A great video to watch later. If you want to hear Rodrigo's story of becoming an English teacher. Um, and Rodrigo's not a native English speaker, by the way, he has worked uh, very hard and very long on becoming a, an excellent English speaker. Um, I'm not sure the next question I don't actually understand. So I'm going to skip it. Sorry. Uh, let me get to the next question. Um, ha, so Bolshoi, tra-la-la. Hello, dear teacher, Bob. What three things about Russia come to your mind? So right now, when I think of Russia, here's what I think of. I think of Sputnik, the satellite that uh, Russia put into space or the USSR put into space many, many years ago. Because in yesterday's lesson, I just talked about communication. Um, and uh, the second thing that comes to mind, I'm sorry, is vodka. Because I, I'm pretty sure some of the best vodka in the world is made in Russia. Uh, and then the third thing that comes to mind, and I don't know the name of it, is the beautiful building in Moscow with all the colorful domes on the top. So sorry, Bolshoi. If I don't know the name of it, uh, I should have asked Natalia yesterday because I was going to ask that question. But those are the three things that come to mind. I hope that's okay. Um, I know when I was young, when I watched movies when I was young, Russia was always the enemy. And I'm glad we don't have that anymore. That was a long time ago in the 80s when I was young. It was kind of strange, actually, in those kind of movies. Uh, let's see here. Um, next question from Julie from Nicaragua. Hi, Julie. Hi, Bob. Thanks for your time doing this streaming. Would you explain the difference between begin and start? So I'm going to begin. I'm going to start a new job. My new job begins. Let me just let me just think this through a little bit. Um, it's time to start something new. I like to when you begin something new. They're very similar. We use the word start a lot, right? Like I'm going to start my live stream on time. I'm going to begin my live stream on time. They mean the same. I would say we use the word start too much though. Like uh, school's going to start on September 8th. When school begins, people will need to wear masks. When school starts, people will need to wear masks. Um, um, let me see. Um, when you start eating potato chips, it's hard to stop. When you begin eating potato chips, it's hard to stop. So very similar, very similar. Um, I would say you can use the word start almost all the time and it will be correct. 
Uh, let's see here. Next question from Camila. Hello, Bob. Thanks for one more online class. No problem. I would like to know the difference between I'm and I have been. Thank you. So I'm doing a live stream right now and I have been doing a live stream for a long time, actually over two years. That's a long time. So let, let's get this straight. I'm is generally used when you're using the present continuous. So I am eating, I am live streaming, I am drinking water, I'm drinking water, I'm driving my vehicle, uh, I'm looking over there, I'm looking up there, I'm, um, yes. So it's now. When you say, I have been eating more whole wheat bread, I have been eating um, more healthy food, you're referring to the past as well. So slight difference uh, right there. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I did want to pause and say hello to the 571 people watching. This is my microphone, but right below it, I should just hang a sign here that says, click this button to subscribe. There's a, there's a red subscribe button right there somewhere. If you're new here, you should click it. Um, you'll get notified when I make a new video or when a live stream is starting. So that's always good to do. Uh, and then thank you as well to all of my members, everyone whose name is in green and has a crown. By the way, Lolly Lolly, I think has the nicest crown. I think she has the six month crown. So congratulations, Lolly. And thank you to everyone whose name is in green, who has a beautiful crown for supporting my channel. You guys are awesome, but I'm not done. It sounded like I was done. We'll have a way to go here. So let's get to the next question. Arena, the Ukrainian. Hi, Bob. Please explain the difference between stride and stride out, between settle and sort out. Thank you. So first of all, stride is a word that we don't use very often. Um, like you're, when you're walking, your stride is basically how you walk, right? Like, oh, he has a really long stride or he has a short stride. It's kind of how far you put one foot in front of the other. Um, it might be more British, but in Canada, we would just say walk. So, you know, you know, I walk fast, I walk slow, or I walked out, which means I left somewhere. To talk about settle and sort out, um, when you need to settle something or sort something out, they mean the same thing. If my kids are fighting, uh, if my kids are having an argument, because when my kids fight, I mean that they're arguing, right? They don't often hit each other. That's the fourth time I'm boxer Bob. Um, but Sometimes when my kids are arguing, I have to settle the argument or I have to sort out what's happening. So I use the words in a slightly different way, but the phrase meant the same thing. Okay. So you settle an argument or I have to sort out what's happening. So as a parent, I need to say, stop who pulled whose hair first. Okay. Um, okay. Stop yelling. Just talk calmly. Let's, let's sort out what happened here so dad can fix things. So that would be to sort out. Um, let me see here. Omer says, hi, Bob, you are a good man. Thanks, Omer. I'm sure you are a awesome person as well. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Aisha, hello, Bob. What's the difference between for the last month and since last month? So for the last month, I have been walking six days a week for one hour. Um, if I say since last month, um, or since last year, that's the point in time where I started it at. Let me think about this for a second. Um, for the last two months or since two months ago. So I don't want to give you wrong information, but they can mean the same thing. Okay. 
uh, you know, so since three months ago, I have been eating healthier. For the last three months, I have been eating healthier. So they can mean the same thing. You would use the first one the most though, okay? For the last two months, I have been really enjoying not teaching. For the last two years, I have really enjoyed doing live streams, okay? Um, I would, the first one sounds more natural, by the way. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, so Quingan Chen says, Hello, Bob. I'm your big fan. It's difficult to buy a YouTube membership in China. I don't have a PayPal account, and I think you can still Alipay account. Can I buy you a coffee? Thank you. So I do have a Patreon page if you really want to support me. I think there's a link in the description. That might work in China. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the lesson uh, and take it for what it is. Um, Natalia has the next question. Hi, Natalia. Bob, how do you think the word get more common in meaning go? For example, native speakers usually say, I got home yesterday, not went, don't they? So if I was on a trip, someone could say, when did you get home? And I could say, oh, I got home at midnight. Okay, so that's the example I would give you. That means, yeah, so if I'm at my brother's place, if I say I went home at 11 and I got home at 11.30, that's a great example. Okay, listen to that again. I was at work um, and I went home at 5 and I got home at 5.30. So you see how there's slightly different meanings and usages. I was at my brother's, I went home at 11, I got home at 11.30. That would be how you would describe that. Thanks for the question, um, Natalia. That was awesome. Um, Kazoo. There are some people I cannot easily listen to, but it is easier to listen to you. Why? What causes? So two things. I actually made a whole video about this once. Um, I speak very clearly and slowly because I am a teacher, okay? So I speak probably about 90% of my normal speed when I'm doing a video. I don't use as many contractions. I tend to repeat myself quite a bit um, so that the, it's a little clearer for all of you. And your brain will get really used to listening to me. And sadly, as a YouTuber, um, it's probably important that you watch other YouTubers because as you listen to one person, their voice becomes very familiar to you. So that's probably two of the reasons. Um, another reason is that um, when you watch my videos, I'm talking about a specific topic. So your brain is already ready to listen to and understand that topic. So uh, that can be it. Ah, Athanasios, GR. Hi, Teacher Bob, what's up? In English, we say, I live on Main Street. And I live at 25 Main Street. Thank you. Yeah, so this is really weird because you can say, let's say you live on Main Street. You can say, I live in a house on Main Street. I live on Main Street. I live at 622 Main Street. Okay, so when you mention the specific address, you then change and use the word at. Okay, so I live on Main Street. I live in a house on Main Street. I live at 522 Main Street. I think I just moved if you were paying attention to the numbers there. Um, anyways, Rod saying bye in the chat. See you, Rod. Thanks for hanging out again for another uh, little lesson. Have a good day. Let's see here. Um, Eduardo says, hi, Bob. Good morning. I have a question. In the preposition lesson, you teach us in, at, by, can I say I saw in a movie or I saw on a movie? So it's usually in a movie. So I saw in a movie... Um, where the guy built his own rocket ship. Okay. So I saw it in a movie. 
I read it in a book. Um, you wouldn't say I saw, just trying to think if there's another example. It's definitely in, okay? I saw it in a movie. Um, or, yeah, so here's the tricky one. I saw it on a TV show. I saw it in a movie. I saw it in a TV show. I saw it on a TV show. So I wouldn't say on a movie, but I would see. I would say on a TV show. I would also say, oh, I saw that in a YouTube video or I saw that on a YouTube video. Both of those would work as well. English is tricky, tricky, tricky language. Oscar is a little bit grouchy because somebody is here buying flowers, I think. Um, how to use the word seldom. This is from Ario. Um, here's the best example. Many times people will ask me about a word and I will say, we don't use that word a lot. We seldom use that word, okay? So uh, we seldom have tornadoes here. That means they don't happen very often. If there is a word we don't use in English very often, I would say we seldom use that word. Um, and then you could say things like, Bob seldom makes mistakes. That's not true. I do make mistakes all the time, but that would be another example of how you could use it. Uh, let me go with one more question here. Next question from Kashish. Please correct this sentence. So if people were fighting, if they were shooting at each other, you would say there is, there are people firing at each other on the road. I think that's what you mean, Kashish. I'm not 100% sure. Um, that's a tricky, tricky one. So sorry about that. Um, last question. I think I said that twice now. Nasser from Jetta KSA. Hi, Bob. I would like a seminar, if you can, to write a complaint or notes about a hotel reservation, a car, or a tour in which... There are expressive words. So I should do an English lesson on how to complain politely at a restaurant or a hotel or when you are renting a car. That would be a great lesson. Maybe I'll do that. I'll put that on the list, Nasser. Anyways, hey, everybody. It has been one hour. Thank you so much for watching. First of all, I want to thank Dave and Todd for being here and for moderating the chat and for helping things to just be pleasant for all of you. I want to thank Brent from American English with this guy for helping and answering questions in the chat as well. Um, I want to thank all of you who have subscribed. And if you haven't, have not, um, I seldom get this right. I'm trying to use the word seldom. There is a red button here. You should click it. And especially a huge thank you to my subscribers. You get members only chat. You get an extra video every Wednesday where I talk about life and all kinds of other things. Um, and then a few other small perks. So thank you for being members and clicking that join button. For everyone though, before you get you go, don't forget if there were parts of this lesson you did not understand, there will be automatically generated English subtitles here later today or tomorrow. Find that part where you didn't quite understand and watch it again with the English subtitles on. It can really, really help you a lot. Again, bye. Have a great weekend. Have a great Saturday. This was fun. And I will see you Tuesday with a new video and next week, Friday, with a new lesson. Bye. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.